Welcome to the Scout of Career podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mudge Riley. I'm a physician by training, but changed careers back in the early 2000s, and I found it difficult and scary. Once I figured out my path, I made it my mission to help others who were interested in creating an actionable career strategy, those who were looking for their next career, and those who wanted to transition to another career or another area within their industry. 15 years later, I've learned about a lot of cool and interesting careers. We talk about some of those here on this podcast. So come join me as we talk about another career today. Today, we have a really fun guest that I can't wait to start talking to. Her name is Tammy Tiller Hewitt, and she has been doing her career for quite a long time. She trains other people to do what she did, and what she does is something I'd never heard of before. So hi, Tammy. I can't wait to hear from you today. Hey, Michelle. It's good to be on your podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to owning your own company and kind of what you do. Well, you know, I always say where God guides, he provides. So I feel like that's where my path took a took a very sharp turn about 20 years ago. So I worked for a health system in St. Louis for a little bit over 20 years. And I was recruited by a consulting firm, a national consulting firm, to relocate from the Midwest to Texas and start an executive position with them. And they really, they had outsourced the role to um, the organization that they were working with, had outsourced that whole department and role. And so they recruited me to have that job. So I quit my job of 20 years and headed south. And when I arrived, I discovered that the consulting firm did not get the contract that they hired me for. And so they offered me other positions. And my husband set, raised his hand and said, hey, if we're going to do anything, we're going to go on our own at this point. This is a door that I believe God's opening for us. So we started a consulting firm of our own, and that was nearly 20 years ago. And now we work with hospitals, health systems, and physician groups around the country to launch and manage what we call a physician liaison program. And that's a program that is an extension of the health system or the organization CEO and that individual is out meeting with the physicians and the advanced practitioners and their staff to understand how they can gain their business through removing barriers or offering new or different services to them and their patients. Yeah, your job description is so interesting because it's not something that they talk about in school or at a career coach or counselor, you hear about physician's assistant and physician and all kinds of different clinical positions. This sounds a little bit different. Tell us a little bit more about what a physician liaison is. Well, it's really a sales function. So it's a consultative sales role. And a lot of times that word has a negative connotation to people that a sales program, I don't want someone selling me something, but neither do we. So we're about needs-based selling. So we come in and we help train, we help hire an individual that's not afraid of going out and meeting with physicians and their staff every single day. And, you know, we're an interruption to their day, so they're going to need training on how to be consultative, to understand and uncover the needs of the physicians and their staff, and not just go in and just 
you know, we call it don't go in and show up and throw up what the hospital offers, but go in and understand what are your patients' needs? What are your needs when you're dealing with the organization? So because we position this individual as an extension of the, the senior leader of the organization, that opens some doors so they're not layered down within the organization reporting to a manager who's reporting to a director who's reporting to a vice president. So this individual is positioned within an organization so that the physicians and their staff know that they are literally an extension of the decision maker at that organization. Did that answer your question? Uh, well, sort of. I'm still wondering if some of our listeners might be confused because it is such a new role for some people to hear about. Is this a role that you made up or is this something that's been around? So the role's been around for a, a, a many years. I was actually a physician liaison for a health system many, many years ago. But then in, in the healthcare industry, about 25, 30 years ago, uh, hospitals started acquiring physician practices, and so they were employed by the by the organization. So for some reason, there was a mindset, well, now that we employ them, we don't need this liaison, this middleman between administration and the medical staff. So it kind of went away, and then there was a comeback of a physician liaison program or an outreach program because they, they finally wisened up to know that just because you employ a physician and, and their staff doesn't mean you own them. It still means you still need to earn their business and make sure that you're removing barriers that exist so that they want to use your hospital, so that it's the safest and the easiest to use your hospital. So if you think about the liaison, it's an extension of administration, but it's somebody who we always say are boots are on the ground, that they're out in the field working with the providers and their staff. Okay, that helps a little bit. So it sounds like this is sort of a business role where one would have to understand the physician and the physician's practice as well as the hospital needs and goals. And be able to communicate with the community as to why the physician or hospital might be able to fill the needs of the community. Am I hearing you right? Well, it's less about community unless you're saying you're defining the community as the physicians, because this physician liaison has one-on-one -on -one contact with the physicians who are on the medical staff or who refer to that particular hospital or organization. So they have to be trained. A lot of hospitals have started this program and they hire someone or they assign to someone like, hey, go out and call on the doctors and make them happy or see what we can do to get their business. But we're very strategic. We come in, we look for the right people, we hire, we train them. They go through a 90-day boot camp on site. And so they are very prepared to go out and meet with the physician so they're not wasting their time. And to your point, they have a very in-depth understanding about that physician or provider and, and their particular situation as best they can without going out so they know about their volumes, they know, you know, how they practice, how long they've been there, and then they go out to get to know the provider and their staff. So together with that information, they can help meet needs, right? Not just sell to them, but understand and uncover needs and then put a solution with that so the provider and the staff feel comfortable sending their patients to us. So our community are the physicians and their staff. Ah, so you're building the physician's practice. 
Where well, possibly, but if if that's what they need. So ultimately, our success is measured by strategic growth to the organization. So we want to gain that provider's trust so that they'll select our hospital as the hospital to send their patients to when they need us. So there's a lot of competition in the hospital industry. So, you know, providers have choice. They can send to hospital A, B, or C. And the bigger the town, the you know, that could go to Z. So they have a lot of options. So we want to understand, you know, what we can do to get them to select us by providing them with high quality care, quick turnaround times, easy access. You know, as humans, we take a path of least resistance. So if we make it difficult to do business with our organization, they're gonna go to another organization even if we're better, if we're higher credentialed, you know, have better quality outcomes. Sometimes people like, I just need to schedule these five imaging procedures and it's hard when I try to do it at your place, so I'm gonna do it at a less qualified, competitor because they make it easier for me to do business with them. So we uncover those kind of barriers when we're out there on their turf meeting with them. Okay. I think I might be starting to understand. So you, a physician liaison would work for a hospital system and would meet with the physicians and help them understand why that hospital system is going to help them uh, with their practice and their patients. Yes, well, help them use when they need hospital services to help them. Right. So the one thing that we could help them with in their practice, if say they're a specialty practice and they need more business, so say they're a general surgeon, well, we could also tell other primary care docs like, hey, Dr. So-and-so um, is, it has access, has availability if you have patients who need surgical, you know, a surgical specialist. So we can help promote their practices in that way when we're out calling um, on the primary care. And, and when, they're, when the physicians are employed versus independent, there, there are different legal things that we can and can't do. So if they're an employed provider within the organization, we can take them out. So we can, we call it riding shotgun. We can take a surgeon out and introduce him or her to a ton of referral sources, whether it's primary care docs, emergency rooms across the, the community. So we can help build their practice in that way just by making, you know, kind of promoting them and, and making people aware that they have appointment availability and give oh, their credentials. Okay. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so in that way, we help build their practice just by, and you know, we can help promote that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it sounds like that people are happy to see a physician liaison. It's not kind of that traditional slimy salesperson where everyone's trying to avoid him or her, but really it sounds like you are doing, uh, helping whoever it is you're working with. And it's not just the hospital, but it's the physician as well. Right. So, you know, liate, yes, you are so correct. So the practices fall in love with their liaison. It, if, if we're doing our job right, there's a very quick evolution where the practices feel like the liaison is part of their practice versus part of the hospital. And that comes with training on consultative selling that you're, you can't just go sell something. You have to understand their need and then match a need or not to say, you know what, we don't offer that, but I, I heard, you know, ABC company does that. Let me investigate that for you. So they become what's called a trusted advisor. That's our ultimate goal is to become a trusted advisor. And we work our way across what we call the great divide where first, you know, you uncover the needs and then you become a resourceful expert and then a loyal champion. And then 
you become a trusted advisor where the providers and their staff are calling you before they make decisions within their practice that's completely unrelated to you, but you've become so trusted and they know that you have their best interests in mind. It, and, and, you know, to that point, when a liaison moves on, which this is a great career move for anyone who wants to continue to climb the ladder of success because you have such a bird's eye view of what's going on within the organization, because you could be out working with a physician and today he wants to talk about or she wants to talk about an emergency room issue or opportunity. The other one, then we're going to talk about surgery and then there's a, a new piece of equipment they'd like for us to look at. So you're meeting, the liaison's back at the organization meeting with executives within these service lines so they kind of know what's going on in each area so when it's time for their next career move they've they've kind of greased the wheels they understand I think this is where I'm going to go next but some liaisons love this job so much that they're this is what their career path is going to be until retirement because it's always changing you're very well positioned within an organization it's super meaningful because you're making a difference every single day and you're keeping that communication gap open I mean communication line open because if you look at any survey that's been done over the last well as long as I've been in the business 30 years when they survey providers and say what can we do to improve our satisfaction with you four out of the top five are always around communication so this is the biggest communication strategy that an organization could have, is literally having someone out there meeting eyeball to eyeball with their customer every day. Yeah, wow. So what kind of background would someone need if they wanted to do a job like this? It, it sounds like almost any background. It is. You know, we've had we've hired hundreds of liaisons. So when we go in, they you know, they contract with our company, but they're employees of the organization, but they hire us to launch, train and manage for the first year or two. And then we com completely um, uh, position or, or hand that that role back off to the organization. So when we look for people, the first thing we look for are people within the organization who all who already what we say bleed the culture. They already know what's going on. They they believe in it. They know they're they can navigate around. So we've had liaisons who are physical therapists, who are physical therapy assistants, executive assistants have been awesome uh, liaisons. But we've had x-ray techs, we've had secretaries, so we've had nurses, we've had nursing directors, service line directors. So you're right, we've had from all walks of life. Now we like to have a bachelor's degree, but if we had, if we run across somebody who has a fire in their belly that we, you know, it, that's not required. So it's preferred a bachelor's or, or above. But we, you know, I, I can tell people I know them when they're walking towards me that they are going to be great at it. I can just tell through their body language, they smile with their eyes, you can just, you can feel their, their strength and energy. And, and some of our liaisons now are COOs and CEOs of hospitals. So when I talked earlier about you have a bird's eye view, it's not just, you know, I'm gonna go on to be a, a different director. Some have parallel move because they wanna, you know, get into the operational side, but we have senior executives now who have started as liaisons. Wow. Well, it, what it sounds like is it's a great second or third career for someone who wants to transition completely from something that they're doing now, but doesn't want to go back to school or isn't really sure um, that uh, 
a bunch of training is what they want to do, but they're really excited about a hospital or making sure that um, people are set up for success within a certain hospital system. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And what you want to do, I mean, if you're entertaining looking at a liaison position, some of the questions I would definitely ask is, to whom does this role report? Because that is so key. As a matter of fact, we're getting ready to speak at a national conference on the reporting relationship and how important it is. And we're speaking to two senior executives that the liaisons report up to that will validate if this role had been reporting to a couple layers down, it would not have the effectiveness that it, that it does today. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's super important. Yeah. So how did you find out about this? I've been in healthcare for almost 20 years and I only learned about this type of a career path through you. Is this something you did this, right? Yes. So I did it years ago. It may have even been 30 years ago now. So I just knew it was the best job on the planet. Our organization, our, our CEO was super innovative and he was always looking for different opportunities. And I mean, he, he just gave me so much latitude to, um, to make the role successful. So I remember driving to work thinking, I can't believe they're paying me to do this. I would really do it for free if I didn't have to have a job. That's how much fun it is and just how much of a difference you make every single day. The downside to the role probably is, you know, I came from a big department in the hospital. So you have, you know, your department is your family at work. Well, when you go into this job, you're kind of a one man band. And so that was the part that was a little bit of an adjustment for me, but you quickly turn all of your customers, your providers and their staff into your family. So then you go from being, you know, a pretty, you know, nice size family to a lone ranger to having this unbelievably huge family. And so it, and again, it evolves, but very quickly. So the job's been around for a lot of years, but it comes and it goes in vogue. But that's why if you're going to start this job, you want to make sure that they're going to provide you with training, that you understand, you know, to whom this this, uh, position reports to, so that you're positioned to be able to make a difference. Because you're going to, you're the messenger as a liaison. So if you come back from the field and, you know, we have call uh, goals each week. So our liaisons speak to 30 providers a week. And so if you come back with 30 potential opportunities, whether they're complaints or barriers or ideas, and no one's acting on them, then they're going to make you, you know, look incompetent very, very fast. So you have to, that's why you need a senior executive sponsoring this so that they know that when you bring this back, that there's a weekly report going to the CEO and everyone knows that if they don't do their part with this information that's being brought back from the field, they're going to be in trouble. So it has to be very much of a team effort in and outside the organization to make it successful. Oh, yeah. I can see how it would make everybody really successful, just acting on the gaps and the the obstacles and changing those to the extent they could be changed. That's pretty neat. Right. Right. So what sort of salary range can someone make in this role? And, and work-life balance, too. I know people are interested in those two questions. So shed some right. light on that for us. Okay. Well, the salary is obviously different based on the market. You know, so in New York City or California, the salary is going to be higher and, you know, to, to uh, along with the market rate. So the job, the, the base salary is generally somewhere between 50 and 100, again, based on the market. 
And most organizations have incentive plans attached to that based on incremental growth over the prior year because they always want to keep the liaison focus on the end goal is to earn more business, to shift more market share to that organization. And so the work-life balance, that's the best part about the job is the flexibility. So, you, you know, I think a lot of people enjoy and prefer working under objectives, like tell me what you want me to do and then get out of my way and let me get it done. And so, you know, if you understand that you need to meet face-to-face -face with 30 providers a week, then you can plan accordingly. So if your child has an appointment or a play or this and that, you can definitely balance. And maybe you do your reports, you know, you want to save the report so you can get off, you know, by X time and you do your reports at night after kids go to bed and you log your calls that day. So that's the beauty of this job. And if someone said, what is the number one uh, benefit of this position, I would say the flexibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds really great. Well, how would someone find out more about a job like this if they're intrigued right now listening to you? Well, they two ways. If they're in the market, they can look around at their local hospitals and health systems and large physician groups to see. And now Population Health, we're doing a lot of training with population health companies nationally. But they can look on their website to see if they have something called a physician liaison or physician outreach or physician relations. They kind of come in those three names that mean the same thing. Um, there's an association called the American Association of Physician Liaisons, and they post positions that are available nationally. If a, someone's a member, they'll send them a link to uh, any job openings in this field. And then our website at tillerhewitt.com, if, if someone wants to post a job, we will there, but at least they can find out. We publish blogs, and we do a Friday from the field every week and publish a one- to three-minute video. They could subscribe to that and just hear what liaisons are going through on a weekly basis. So there are a lot of resources, but you can't be afraid of sales, and you can't be afraid of really kind of managing yourself. You have to have that, you know, kind of structure that you can meet those kind of goals each week and that you're out know that you're out in your car your car and your trunk is really your office so mm -hmm. if that's not a if that's not a climate or a, you know an area that you want to be in don't you know don't even don't even look into this role because it looks glamorous from the outside right it looks like a swan on top of the water but you don't know all the work that's going on underneath the water and that's what happens with a good liaison they make it look fun like all you do is like go out and meet with the docs and take them to lunch it's like oh there's so much more we use data to drive our conversations and we look for data for shifts in business so we can get out and respond to them quickly like hey doctor I you know we notice we haven't seen you around lately because new habits can form very quickly and then they'll continue to go to the competition. So we want to be watching data and be very strategic. We always say not all business is good business. So if you're going to go out and ask someone for their business, you want to go make sure that you're asking the people who are in line with your strategic initiatives. Mm -hmm. So it's very data-driven. So they're very trained, they're data-driven, and they're well-positioned within the organization. It's just a recipe for a huge success. Mm hmm. Yeah, those are some great resources. I know that you speak at the conference, the, um, the American Association of Physician Liaisons, and I was recently made aware of that organization as well. So I think that is that's very helpful for people. Well, as we're kind of wrapping up here, what's one last thing you'd like to leave with our listeners who may be considering this as a career path? 
Well, I would say find there, find it somewhere because it's, as I said, I was a liaison for many, many years and it was just the best job on the planet because you can see a measurable change almost immediately within your organization. So, but don't take on a job that people are unclear about how it's going to look. And even if they say you can make it what you want, I'm, I promise you that's a recipe for failure because they, they don't know what they don't know at that point until you start creating. It's like, no, that's really not what I was looking for. So make sure that you're with an organization who can very much articulate what it's going to look like, what the pay is going to be, what the incentive is based on, that it's effective immediately. There's, I've heard so many horror stories about just the, you know, inability to articulate that has been, you know, equal disaster down the road after they've quit jobs and joined the organization and then they part ways and everyone loses. Yeah, great advice. So how can people find you if they're interested in hearing more? You mentioned your Fridays from the field. Can you give us the URL for your website again? It is Tiller Hewitt, so all one word, T-I-L-L-E-R-H-E-W-I-T-T.com. Perfect. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up for today. Tammy, thank you so much. This has been really enlightening. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us again. We'll see you next week at the Scout of Career podcast.